0: Hey world, I'm Jason. Hey, I'm Darren. And we're just here to share some more napkin thoughts with all of you.
1: Yeah, they're good thoughts. Well, let's go. Are we experts? No. Well, Jason is, but I'm not. No, no. I'm from a small town of a small town, so my knowledge and understanding is very small townish.
0: And I'm from the ghetto, so hey. my thoughts are ghetto. So perfect.
1: <laughs> We've got ghetto small town thoughts. So what's the question? Big thoughts tonight? from from
0: crazy places. What's the What's the big question for today? The question today is the question of organized religion. Pros, uh, cons, yes, no's,
1: wise. I think it gets a little interesting when it comes to religion and just talking about it because you know me; I'm never one to shy away from talking about religion or what I believe but at the same time I'm not one that forces that idea or forces, even even to those that are in the same religion as me forcing it on them, how I see that I should live it so it's an interesting thought of trying to well, especially with how people are these days, they don't want to be told what to do, they don't, you know and and you should they shouldn't be told what to do, so
0: yeah. Yeah. So so some background to this question is that Darren and I recently listened to Jordan Peterson have a discussion with Sam Harris um, that kind of evolved into this question of organized religion and the problem of organized religions becoming totalitarian and and exactly what Darren's saying. Uh, you know when you're when you're telling other people. How to live? You're claiming God's authority on everything, um, and the issue you run into with that, and so, so something I was thinking after I saw that was mm-hmm. Sam Harris talked about the issue of having a religion that is based on a text that is uneditable. So, like with Islam and the Torah, the message on every page is you can't, you can't speak to, you shouldn't talk to, or affiliate with, or look at a non-believer, like, they should all be wiped, up, wiped out, all these non-believers, and he said the problem with that is if you're saying that that was dictated by God, then that is the most important thing that's ever been said, and nothing else ever needs to be said, yeah. and it's not editable, and as I was thinking about that, my, my only thought is I think when it comes to religion, I think we're all searching for truth, mm-hmm. But truth is susceptible to perspective to an extent. And now, I I guess...
1: Well, I mean, truth is
0: truth, right? Truth is truth. If you're talking about objective truth. Our
1: understanding of it, right?
0: Right. So, like, objective truth is objective truth. But for the things that we don't understand yet and we're always reaching for, Mm -hmm. those are always going to be subjective, right? They're always going to be, like tainted by our own biases and opinions. Right. And as I was thinking about it, and thinking about the Bible, or the Torah, or all of these books, that people claim are inspired by God, right. my thought is... I, I don't know. You tell me anything about this. I, My thought is... The origin point for all of those books is a human being writing it, but they might be under the impression of something that transcends our, our common human knowledge, right? So mm-hmm. whatever this God is, there's this inspiration. He, you, you, you sync up with this transcendent force and you write something mm-hmm. with your flawed understanding, with your imperfect brain... And then you say, this is God's word. Well, is it God's word? Well, it came to you when you were connected to the divine. Right. But you're still a human being. And I think it's it's interesting, like in the Book of Mormon, as mm-hmm. an example, it says in there, it's like, oh, if there's errors in here, there'd be the errors of men, which is a call out to the fact that they were well aware, wh- whoever wrote that piece, right, was well right. aware that, hey, we're, we're we're teaching and preaching truths here, but... We are also not God and well
1: I think and that's, that's an
0: important the, line to draw
1: definitely and that's the thought that I keep having is like if if we were to hear words directly from God would that not have a different impact on our our ability to understand our salvation our, our understanding if God if if God talking to us, what we learned in the from Dr. Peterson in, Gen, you know, talking in Genesis when, you know, God said, let there be light and there was light, you know, when God says something, things happen, things come into fruition. So if he tells us truth, we will understand that truth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so as it relates to this particular topic, I think, I ultimately, I can't, I don't, I don't think that God could directly speak. Well, that's a slip. That's a slippery thought. You, you get where I'm kind of going with that, where it's like, for example, one of the thoughts I had when Christ was on the earth, at the same you know the same time was He. I guess my understanding of it, and you and I, I'm open for you to correct me. But the the Holy Ghost wasn't actively on that we believe the Holy Ghost wasn't acting up upon the earth because if the Holy Ghost and Christ at the same time hmm. was on the earth that that people's understanding of the truth would be such that would cause them to be judged for that understanding for that knowledge
0: yeah I, I think it, I think it's interesting what you're saying to the point of if God speaks, he's going to speak to your understanding and what your understanding is. So could God ever speak to everyone at the same time? Or, right. Cause we're right? all
1: not on the same level.
0: Right. And I, I think it's interesting to that point, like not what Jesus said, but what Jesus didn't say. Yeah. If like for our, for our purposes here, if he's the son of God, right. And mm-hmm. his whole life, he talked about bread and plants and right, these yeah. very simple parables, and he also didn't give really any dogmatic this you do this, you don't do this statements, yeah, his whole thing was, find truth, go your way, find it your own way, right, yeah, don't sin, don't choose limiting behavior, and that's all he said, and I don't condemn you, and I think it's interesting when we talk about organized religion because. I think the benefit of an organized religion is that it is packaged in a way that you can that it can be ingested by the masses and you can be organized around one idea which is very helpful however I think the problem there is the nature of truth seeking and finding the truth is an individual responsibility and not like a organizational but, responsibility.
1: Well, I, and and I think um Sam Harris got to that point or we started to to fiddle with it a little bit that the fact that there are things that are accomplished via organized religion, if you will, mm-hmm. that you couldn't accomplish otherwise. It's the actual it's like the practical application of those spiritual truths or whatever that you've learned how to put them into practice and right. actually uh, you know you learn about in the script like if you're studying the scriptures and you're studying and trying to understand about love it's like oh yeah I've read many books about love I've done this that and the other about love but have you been put in a situation where you want to rip somebody's like eyeballs out yeah but you, you in that moment you you need to be putting into practice what you learned right you know
0: what i mean so i i think i think to that point it's a question of who dictates the doctrine of an organized religion right like are you saying that god spoke out loud and you took notes and you read it to the people because that's a big claim and i think there's a lot of problems to that or are you saying you put forth your best effort as a leader of this organization with however righteously you are living or whatever, and you prayed for inspiration and you wrote something down, or is the doctrine dictated by, is the, it, or is the doctrine just each individual of that group, of that collective group, sharing the experiences they've learned well, and how they find it?
1: Well, it has to be that, right? Because all of our perceptions are so different. Yeah. And so per, perception is reality. Like my understanding of Jesus and church and all that is different than your understanding of the church. Even though there right. are there are lines that we come close together because there are there is that truth yeah, that's 100%. unexpected. You know, so that is an interesting thought. Where I guess what I, what is the what is the goal of the preacher or, or the the goal of the leader of that particular organized religion, I think is what it comes down to, right? right? Because if it's in selfish motives to get people to do certain things or to make money or whatever, to me, yeah, like or, I, I'm totally against to, that. Or even to understand, right? As yeah. it relates to principles that Or were... to add
0: to their congregation. Right. I and I and I guess that's that's interesting because I think that what happens at least this has been my observation with any religion I'm aware of, is what happens is it starts with a visionary, right? Whether that's the Dalai Lama or Buddha or or Joseph Smith or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. There's a visionary at the beginning who has an experience. He transcends our normal mortal understanding of things, and he has an aha moment, and he wants to share it because that's what we all want to do. Right. But as soon as it becomes an organization, the organization then it has leaders and then those leaders become then they begin to get an agenda mm-hmm. of what they want and and already the, the purity of the vision that came to whoever it came to mm-hmm. has already been diluted and, right. and polluted but and so
1: does it it does it become like a chicken and the egg type of thing where it's a constant construct of I learned something, so it's my responsibility, my duty to to help other people mm-hmm. understand. Is it something that we're, uh, you know, you because you do you when you find something cool you want to share.
0: Yeah. When
1: you have an experience you want to share, so, well, and one why is that I don't know maybe that, mm-hmm. there's some neurological something I'm sure Dr. Peterson probably could tell us. Um. But this this the, the sheer fact that we I think it comes down to like just truth wants to to expand. It wants to or it wants to fill the void, yeah. I guess. At least it seems, given that naturally people want to share those things that they hold to be true.
0: Yeah. Well and I think I mean biologically on an evolutionary scale if we want to evolve and progress as a species we need to share the things we learn that are true because that's what we, we've invested in this big brain of ours right? right and if we want to continue to push the boundaries we have to share that knowledge and I think I I believe it's it's all of this we're trying to reconcile intelligence and biology and physics with our emotional and psychological realities that we have. And I think religion is the best thing that the world has come up with to do that regardless of what sect it is. Mm -hmm. But I think the issue lies in how we perceive those religions and how we communicate our separate truths to one another. I think the bridge has to be charity, right? Like there has to be an understanding Mm -hmm. that like, like if I have my friend who's the atheist. Right. Like, if you read in a text, if you don't believe in God, you burn in hell. Well, he might be an atheist, but he does believe that there is a higher power that transcends whatever this is. Right. So then does he believe? Well, he doesn't believe he's our Heavenly Father. Well, but he believes that there's a higher power. So then you get into this mess, right. and I think the real, only the... Really, the only way to 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 fix that is to make room for other people's perception of the same truths that we believe. Right, Uh, that's that's my thought. No,
1: I mean that's, I mean meekness, right? Your your willingness to hear other people's thoughts and not instantly jump down their throat because they're wrong, or that you perceive that they're wrong. Right. When in reality, who knows who's wrong and who's right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's things that we've experienced and there's understandings that we know, but I mean, right. we're all, that's, I think more and more as I get older, it's like people have their own, It it's still, I still have these experiences where I will be like, wow, like I didn't realize that. Like it's an aha moment for me where it's mm-hmm. like, I just have this preconceived thing of like, oh. That's probably a certain way in their household. And then when I find out that it's not that certain way, it's like, oh, well, that's kind of weird. But I guess ah, that makes sense because people are... Yeah. They're their own people. They're their own selves, you know?
0: I think it, it's interesting to me because I feel like... I, and maybe this is the way we're raised. Like, you you grow up thinking that there's, like, a definite right, a definite wrong. Everything's a black or white. Yeah. Then you grow up and you realize nothing is black and white. No. Everything is gray. Mm-mm. And literally... I I don't know that we could really say that anyone wants to do a bad thing for the sake of doing a bad thing. There's very few people like that. Hmm. I think It's an interesting thought. Whenever something goes wrong that we perceive as bad, there's usually a reason like then you find out, oh, they were they were seriously abused as a kid. Right. Well, does that make it okay? No, No. but all of a sudden, there's a little room for grace. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I can understand how that that went wrong. Which, so, and then some of the
1: other lines of thinking that I I have and I've shared with you is, like, we have all these experiences, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we go through these traumatic things or we go through these fun things so that we can help other people. Like, I think that's what unites us is, like, like that our spirit is so intelligent and was it i think it was david goggins did i ever share that with you i don't think so he's he he, i'll have to go find it but i think it was on when he was on the joe rogan podcast he uh he was basically saying like our spirit the human spirit He's all, there's no way that there's nothing after this life. Given, the, like, the human spirit is so powerful. And you see it with these athletes like that, like, um, yeah, the Iron Cowboy, David Goggins, like, that have gone to this level of extreme mental capacity that they just, I mean, they, they come to know themselves as a human and their, their capabilities that it just, like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it's, it's freaking cool. What are the human spirit. And I don't and I yeah. went off on this tangent. Now I don't even know where I started. No, start from. I I
0: I think that's I think that's it though. I think we as we learn more about what we're capable of and we all are distinct and different, we have to make room, we have to make room for that. And I think that's some of the problem mm-hmm. that organized religion runs into is when you when you draw a, a finite box. But Around an is, infinite principle. So I
1: guess my my whole pushback against that and hearing it, it always makes me cringe because when you say organized, the problem with organized religion is this. To me, is no the problem with humans is this, right? Don't you think? Because it's it's not that it's it's the humans that structure how and what they say. You know, I've had people in in our congregation where I'm just like, like who the heck are you to say,
0: yeah.
1: No this one way or the other. Like, right, right. You know what I mean? So it's, I well, guess I, it's the construct or the the structure that allows we... for humans to interact in that way.
0: Yeah. And I guess, I guess the real issue there is the duality of our existence. There's like a part of us that is, that is very finite and mortal and like we understand things to the capacity of our brains and that's it. And then there's Another part of our nature that seems to be more—not that way, not bound yeah. by that, not that—that that seems eternal, that feels that it more transcends, right? Else. We can that we can transcend the box of our current evolved state. And I well, so isn't that isn't that
1: isn't that uh, a, a kind of a parallel to organized religion? That organized religion is a structure, is a.
0: Yes, you know what I, I mean, and there is but I think the you ability to transcend. But you can't answer one with the other. Like I don't, I don't think you can answer. Um, you can't get finite. Let's let's see. The question of finite questions and infinite answer, or infinite answers and finite questions. Like if if we have a question that is infinite, we can't we can't answer it with a finite answer. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And when I think of like the way that like Jesus taught or or some of these uh, prophets like that, right? Or of, even of other faiths, the principles they taught were not were not box drawing around something, but the possibilities of how it taught each individuals were were, were infinite. Like when Jesus says, go your way and sin no more, and sinning is limiting behavior, well, if he says, don't choose limiting behavior to you and to me, the, how we interpret that is infinite, right? right? And I think that what we try to do too often as people or as an organized religion is we try to say A, B, C, D, no matter what, when in reality the questions that we're trying to answer as people and as religions are infinite questions they're questions that that need that have we have to make room for an infinite amount of answers
1: yeah and I, th- I think that's where I th- it doesn't that go back to what he was saying Sam Harris was saying about you know the bible being it's based on a word that's unchanging yeah. which the whole time he was saying that too like, from my perspective, that, like, that didn't even apply. To me, yeah, to well, me and my, like, my thinking is always like, well, I'm going to interpret this right how I interpret it.
0: And I think that's the problem is some people look at that book and they say, oh, word for word, letter of the law, this is what it means. Let's burn all the unbelie- non-believers. Yeah. And other people look at it and they say, oh, well, I think that what he's trying to say is this is a principle that you can apply in your life. To help you organize and to help you categorize, and right, and which honestly I think might be a good thing, though, right? Well, yeah, like, and that's the thing is people can take, someone could take the Torah and use it to justify killing a bunch of people, and some right. people could take it and live a really great life, like that's yeah. kind to others, and it, I think it just depends on their interpretation, but there, but there's like there's no introduction, right? There's no introduction that says. Hey, FYI, this is how you should read this. It's like, like well, but to that point,
1: like, I, I think, you know, given our experience on this earth and like why we're here, you know, you and I have our certain beliefs that we think, but it's like everything, based on how my understanding, there is, there is, everything is based on faith or based on coming to a conclusion based on experiences that you have throughout your life, based on experiences that you seek out through truths that you seek, you're going to obtain your truth that it basic, I mean, because, right? There's, there is infinite amount of numbers on each side proving one way or the other on, on different things, right? There's yeah. no way to 100% prove one thing or disprove it. Which to me tells me that, okay, that's where it's our job and our effort Right. To figure it out. And I, well, and, and so to that point with religions.
0: It requires, like, my buddy who I disagree with on almost all of our beliefs and principles, we both arrived at the same conclusion that the only answer to every problem is you have to have charity. Because you have to make room for that many differences. Like, you right. have to.
1: There's an infinite amount of differences. Right. Which, so. Coming back to organized religion though, like I guess it's good in the fact that it provides a structure or provides um, you know different processes. you know I've used this example before when we were talking about this is like Dave Ramsey, yeah. where is there other methods out there other than Dave Ramsey to get debt free, start investing all that? Well, yes and is Dave Ramsey's plan for everyone? Well, no, obviously not. But right. there it, it connects to, with a certain level of people Right. certain understanding, right? But then there I I feel like there's it's gradient and there's levels of understanding where people can get hung up based on what humans are doing rather than seeking out what God or higher power wants them to to find.
0: Yeah. I so and that's I, that's a really good point. So I think and I should I should say this because I'm sure that I will reference this many times throughout our, our podcast, but about the as I was studying the old Hebrew language that they didn't have a word for sin. They had they had a word for what and I'm sure if other people will know what this is, but like they had a word that was the progressive force and a limiting force, basically. And that was their good and evil, mm-hmm. and we had, we've attached all this baggage to those words, and we've attached all these things. But essentially, God was a god of this progressive force and, and a limiting force. And the Hebrews' whole thing was we we live in this fallen world. We need to not choose limiting behavior, and that was their idea of sin. So when I applied that to like all the stuff that Jesus said, he would always tell people to not choose limiting behavior. So to your point about uh, was it Dave Dave Ramsey? Um in organized religion, I think it's interesting because I've had conversations with my friend and he's explained to me the hangups that he has. Like he's mm-hmm. in his search for truth. Right. And he's finding truth that is meaningful to him and it and it's truly meaningful and it's it's helped his life and he shared it with me and it's special and but yeah. as we've talked about it I've realized like, you know, Maybe the framework of the church, the church that we belong to, or any church, whatever that framework is, Mm -hmm. it is going to match certain people's needs. Oh, yeah. And it would be really helpful for them. Totally. But it might be limiting for him right now. Exactly. And I told him, I said, it might be limiting for you. Oh, yes. You shouldn't be a part of it. But maybe next year it won't be limiting for you. Right. And then you should be a part of it. But you, you have to be accountable for your own spirituality. Right. And I think that's the thing is... What's the question of organized religion? Well, it's, you have to be accountable for your own spirituality. You have to be accountable for your own beliefs. Right. You have to be responsible for the way you do it. But then you have to realize that there are many different organized religions that offer right. different things, and you, you've got to make sure, I mean, it's your journey, so you have to figure yeah, out what's it best out. for you.
1: I think that, I mean, that's... It feels, it feels right. I mean, it feels... I had a thought that I was going to go off on, but I don't remember <laughs> what it is. So, um, I think, yeah, I mean, we're all on a different journey and it's, and I, and you know, that's what it was that, well, one of the other thoughts I had is, you know, just being on a different, uh, spiritual path or, you know, we're, yeah. we're trying to find that truth in a different way. And it, it changes even for me, like, I'll I'll learn something and I'll be like oh that's interesting or you know and start down a different path and just searching out things but yeah there's there's certain things and certain people like we were talking about before we even started recording like that connect with us like Dr Peterson both you and I right. I mean we we he connects with us Joe Rogan I, like that genuine curiosity and genuine mm-hmm. trying to understand connects with and then we were talking about uh, Sam Harris where it's like he's spitting some truth. Like he's he's very knowledgeable, but like Dole is, you know, cucumber. <laughs> like, like, a very scientistist, scientist, Is that a word? Well, and
0: and and that's the thing is he make he might he might sound dull to you, but then to someone else, that might be their language. Oh maybe, yeah, and he might full be full like connection, full hero, right? And I think that's the thing is you have to make you have to, we have to just make room and respect respect truth for what it is from where it comes from right. no matter where it comes from. Well and
1: and and I think to your point of charity or meekness or I think and I I'll keep coming back to this but there's I'm on this kick now of effort. Mm-hmm. Right? To have charity it takes effort. To have meekness it takes effort or to want to get to know what some you know in somebody else's story I think it it uh it takes effort. So yeah. Hmm. I mean we could go on for Love days it. but let's uh should we close it here
0: yeah we'll wrap we'll wrap this one up right here um maybe next time we can talk about effort I think that's a good one to go on next time hey I've, I've been collecting some thoughts on that on effort <laughs> yeah sweet I'll, we'll have a battle of the efforts later.